Hi friends, welcome to the St. Anne Parish Podcast, where we seek to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. We hope you enjoy this episode. Father Edwin, thank you for the very warm welcome and, and thank you for the opportunity to come and celebrate Mass. And so as I arrived, and I'm walking through the front door, and there was a lineup of wonderful ushers, and I asked the ushers, uh, permission to come aboard? And they said, permission granted. So I want to thank the ushers also for letting me in. What a joy to be with all of you, especially during this, this octave of Easter. If you went to Mass during the day on Easter, you heard the Gospel from John, which is just earlier than the part that we heard today with Thomas and the Twelve. Well, it was on Easter Day that Mary gets up early and goes to the tomb on the first day of the week. And in that moment, as she arrives at the tomb, the stone is rolled back and the tomb is empty. And there's the burial wrappings lying there. She didn't know what to make of that. When she looked at that, in her mind immediately she thought, they took his body. They wanted to humiliate him further as if what they did to him on Friday wasn't enough. She goes running back to the disciples, running to Peter to tell him and the beloved disciples there, they've taken the Lord, the tomb is empty. Peter starts running. The beloved disciple runs faster than Peter. Everyone is running. They want to find the Lord. And that was their mission. They needed, there was an urgency to find the Lord. And so in that moment, as the beloved disciple gets to the tomb, he bends over and peers in. Peter, who has always been impulsive, doesn't stop. He continues to run right into an empty tomb. See, their senses, what they saw first and foremost with their senses, their eyes, they're trying to believe what would happen. They're purely incredulous. They have to pick up the wrappings. They got to make some sense of this. And with it comes confusion. What happened here? What did they do with his body? And so as the beloved disciple comes in, scripture says he saw and he believed. See, sometimes in our confusion in life, we always have to add the gift of faith. The beloved disciple had it. He knew he was the one who was at Jesus' side at the Last Supper. He was the one with Mary at the foot of the cross. There's something about the beloved disciple. He had a oneness with our Lord. Scripture says he saw and he believed. He got it. He goes running. And the urgency now is to run and tell the others. 
Earlier this week, we had the gospel that's in between these two. Mary still was in the state of confusion. Scripture says that she sat outside the tomb and wept. She did, still didn't know what happened. In that, Jesus approaches her, but she thinks he's the gardener. She looks at him with yet again some urgency of wanting to find the Lord, says to him, if you've taken him, tell me where you've laid him and I will go get him. How she was going to do that, who knows? But she had a determination. She wanted to find the Lord. And a most powerful and beautiful moment occurs when Jesus, the Word made flesh, says one word. He says, Mary. My friends, I don't know what Mary Magdalene experienced at that moment, but to have your name proclaimed by the mouth of God, it had to hit the core of her being. And in that, she said, Raboni. Her faith then kicked in. She moved from the senses from confusion and now faith. In it is still the running, the urgency, but now the urgency is for them to tell others. Now, in today's gospel, Jesus appears before the disciples who are behind locked doors they are afraid that the authorities are going to come for them and do to them what they did to Jesus on Friday. They're in fear. Their lives are filled with anxiety. And Jesus comes before them and he gives them the greatest gift. Peace be with you. My friends, you know that when our lives are filled with fear, when we have levels of anxiety in our lives, how much we long for the peace that only Jesus Christ can give. And Jesus gave it to them. They witnessed then from their confusion and now with their gift of faith, the reality that Jesus Christ was alive. He had risen from the dead. One was not there. And it was Thomas to whom the rest of the disciples now had an urgency to tell. And that urgency was to say, Thomas, it's true. The Lord is risen. He is alive. To which Thomas, because still being in the senses of having seen what he saw on Friday, now in the confusion of what they're trying to tell him, he says, I can't believe that. And I won't believe that. You can't tell me that what I saw on Friday wasn't real. It was real. I saw what they did to him, 
how they humiliated him, how they beat him senseless at the pillar. He could barely stand up. What they did with him, they mocked him, crowned him with thorns. He fell repeatedly. I can only imagine Thomas having this conversation with them and impressing upon them, it makes no sense. And he says, I won't believe it until I take my finger and put it into the nail marks of his hands. I'm going to put my hand and place it in his side. Then and only then will I believe. You know we can't fault Thomas because even in our own lives, what we see, what we hear, what we perceive can bring us to confusion. It is important for us as disciples of Jesus Christ always to apply the gift of faith to what we see, what we perceive, to ascertain as to what is true here. And it's important for us to go through the same phases as the early disciples. And so Jesus appears. And he stands before them and once again gives them that wonderful gift of peace. Peace be with you. Turns to Thomas and says, go ahead, probe if you must. Take your finger and put it in the nail marks of my hands. Take your hand and put it in my side. But do not continue with your disbelief. As if to say, Thomas, you were with me all this time. You know, I told you and the others what was going to happen. As if to say, Thomas, kick in gear that faith that I know you have. That's what the beloved disciple had. He saw and believed. Everyone is different in their growth of faith. You look at members of our own families and especially loved ones. And then the little ones too because little ones need to go through the senses. And you know, as children grow in the faith, they need to have a sense of touch, sights, sounds. With all of that, then a bit of confusion. How can this be? How can this happen? And some, even if they're not children, still go through the confusion, adding the gift of faith that wonderful gift that makes sense out of everything, that brings us to the ability to realize the truth. That's where we want to get to so that ultimately we can be faithful disciples and then embrace on the last urgency of telling others about that truth. And so Thomas, he's given the opportunity to probe but you know, in scripture, Thomas never touches him. Thomas never touches him. What Thomas does is he offers a proclamation. He says, my Lord and my God. He went straight from confusion to faith and proclamation, witnessing to who Jesus Christ was. And then in that moment, being able to proclaim Jesus Christ is where we have to get to. You see, for Thomas, 
The wounds were real. What happened on Good Friday was real. You can't erase that. You can't simply say, oh, he's risen, as if Good Friday didn't happen. So for that, what's so wonderful is that even in Jesus' resurrected body, he had the wounds of Good Friday. They don't go away. And we know it too. The wounds in our lives don't go away. They're always there. But what we come to realize, much as was proclaimed in the second reading, that there is a new rebirth in the risen Christ, that there is new life even after our woundedness. And even though the wounds may be there, in the resurrection of the faith that has been given to us, we have new life in Christ. That is what we live for. That and there is where we see the fulfillment of who we are. My friends, there is an urgency, first and foremost, for each of us to find him. We need to find him in our own lives. We need to find Jesus Christ. And we need to do it now. With all the running in the beginning of trying to find him, we need to take up that urgency. Because if you leave it until later, it won't happen. And the evil one will have his way. But we have to find Jesus Christ in our life now. And then, like Peter and the beloved disciple, like the disciples who were behind closed doors and wanted to see Thomas, there's an urgency to proclaim it. And we have to embrace that second urgency, not only of finding Jesus in our life, but witnessing to him that Jesus Christ is alive. It was St. John Paul II who said, it is clearly evident that Christ's resurrection is the greatest event in the history of salvation. And indeed, we can say in the history of humanity. Since it gives definitive meaning to the world, the whole world revolves around the cross, but only in the resurrection does the cross reach its full significance as the gift of salvation. The cross and resurrection constitute one paschal mystery in which the history of the world is centered. Therefore, Easter is the church's greatest solemnity. My friends, in all that we perceive in this world and in our lives, it's important that what confuses us we need to add the gift of faith so as to make some sense of it and then come to the realization that Jesus Christ is with us. After that, it's important that we go out and witness to it through our words and through our actions. Lord, help me as I perceive what is around me, what may confuse me, Help me to apply the gift of faith so that I may come to understand and know your presence in my life. 
let me come to the realization that you are with me and give me the opportunity of a greater and deeper faith in your resurrection so that all the events of my life point to the truth that you are alive. Lord, help me with my faith so that I may urgently witness to the world that you have risen, that you have redeemed us, and that your divine mercy is given to us. Like the early disciples, I give my life to you so that all I do, I do it in your holy name and in your love. Amen. The St. Anne vision is to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. To learn more about St. Anne, go to stannparish.org. God bless.